In the name of God, the Holy One, the Christ, the Spirit. Amen. I want to thank my brother-in-law, Chris, for inviting me to be among you as your preacher this morning. You've made me feel very welcome at a quiet day yesterday, at the dean's class earlier today. Um, it's an honor for me to be here. And I'm aware that it's one thing for you all to welcome me so warmly. It's another thing um, to deal with the open question that's at play with any visiting preacher, that is, um, whether I'm worth listening to or not, whether you can believe a word that comes out of my mouth. So what are my credentials? Uh, a wonderful word, credentials, comes from the same root, credo, gives us creeds, it has to do with belief. Am I believable? So there are a couple of ways of addressing the question of credential, credentials. There's, um, I could present to you my outward credentials. I could show you my academic degrees, my ordination certificate, the offices I've held in the church, and, and so on. Um, and all of that could be well in place. And as you well know, I could still give a sermon that is utter nonsense, uh, or that is a very carefully constructed presentation that has nothing to do with your lives or the pressing concerns of humanity and our planet today. So rather than my outward credentials, uh, I recommend to you a, an inward credentialing process. That is, check out within yourself whether I seem believable or my words are worthwhile. First of all, do a quick gut check, kind of your just your basic instinct. Uh, do I seem to be someone just for my appearance, the sound of my voice, who seems to have his feet on the ground, have some basic orientation with reality? Does that seem okay? Trustworthy in a basic sense. And as you listen to me, you'll check in with your mind. You'll listen to what I'm saying, to the ideas that I'm presenting, and you will compare them with what you well know um, from, your, from your own teaching and your own life in Christ. And you might check in with your kind of emotional center, how it feels as I speak, but I want you to refer, most of all, to what we, I might call your, your spiritual organ of perception, sometimes spoken of as the heart, but not that emotional place, but rather that place in you that perceives spiritual reality, that place in you in which the Spirit of God dwells, and where you dwell in the Spirit. And from that place, discern whether there is anything in my words, my presentation, that stirs there, that connects there, with that heart of hearts, wherein you know yourself and who you are in the sight of God, 
and who God is for you and for the world. That's the ultimate inward credential. Now, I raise this issue of credentials because I think it's the question at play in our gospel reading today. First of all, and there, there are a couple of credentialing issues, and they're both rather curious. First of all, John the Baptist is sending his disciples to ask Jesus for his credentials. Are you the one that we should be waiting for, or do we wait for another? And then Jesus seems to raise some issues about John the Baptist's credentials. John the Baptist, he, he praises as perhaps the greatest of the prophets, a true prophet. He goes on to say, no one born of woman is greater than he. And yet, the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. What's up with that? So there's this issue of credentialing, and I'm going to suggest it's a matter of outward and inward credentialing. And to find the key to these questions, I'm going to go back to the reading from Isaiah. Now, Isaiah is speaking in this beautiful imagery of the return of water and of life to the desert, this renewal of life that is in store for the people of Israel as their God comes to save them. And I want to zero in on a couple of verses. Isaiah says, be strong. Your God is coming with vengeance and recompense. That note of judgment. That threat of judgment. threat against those who are not of the people of God. But when that vengeance has been completed, then, the very next verse, then the eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped, the lame will leap for joy, the dumb will sing. That note of judgment, fearful judgment and recompense, terrible recompense. And that note of healing, renewal of life, liberation, right cheek by jaw. Now, John the Baptist, you'll remember, comes proclaiming a word from that judgment side of Isaiah's proclamation. John the Baptist is out there in the desert warning people of the judgment to come. A fearful judgment. The judgment that will come when the Messiah, the one that they are waiting for, will come and lay an axe to the root of the tree. The trees that do not bear fruit will be thrown into the fire 
and will bring his winnowing fork to clear the threshing floor, to separate the wheat from the chaff, and the chaff will be thrown into unquenchable fire. The word of judgment that will separate the peoples, some for salvation, some for destruction. And in fear of that judgment, to escape that judgment, people come to him for the baptism of repentance. And among them comes Jesus. And John the Baptist, you'll recall in Matthew's account, instantly recognizes him, perceives his true identity, and says to him, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. Now, clearly, this is a case of John recognizing Jesus' inner credentials because Jesus has no outward credentials. You know, uh, when I was in campus ministry, we used to wear a button. And Jesus was, we believe, about 30 years old, maybe 29, when he came for his baptism. And we would wear a button that said, Jesus was a young adult. And that was true by our contemporary standards. However, I think you have to recall that life expectancy in Jesus' time in that place was maybe about 44 years. I suggest to you that Jesus came to his baptism in a midlife crisis. There he is in the fullness of his adulthood. He's got nothing to show for it. He's got no home, no wife, no kids, no family, no career that we know it, no outward credentials. But John recognizes him, something in him. So why then, on the heels of that recognition, is he sending disciples to ask for Jesus' credentials? Are you the one? I suggest that it's, again, a confusion of the inward and the outward. John expected that judgment of God to come as an outward event that would intervene violently, as it were, from outside in the affairs of humanity, to separate some of humanity from others of humanity, to bring salvation to some and destruction to others. But that's not what he sees Jesus doing. There's no outward acts. There's no outward winnowing fork, no separation, no fire. So John says, well, what's up? Instead, Jesus says, well, tell them what you see. Here are my credentials. The blind received their sight. The deaf received their hearing. The lame walked. The poor have good news proclaimed to them. There's the fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah. There is that note from Isaiah of the healing, of restoration, of new life, of liberation. Is there then no judgment in Jesus' ministry? On the contrary, 
But that note of judgment does not, is not effected outwardly, as it were, violently, as an interference of God from outside of humanity to separate some from others. Rather, it is a, a gracious motion that occurs within, in the process of repentance. As Jesus proclaimed his gospel, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here. The door is right in front of you. Repent. Believe. Repent. And enter the kingdom. And what is that process of repentance? It's that opening inwardly to the quiet, nonviolent, but insistent and persistent voice of God calling us to turn away from what is false from what is unfaithful, from what is shabby and shallow, from what is hateful and narrow and selfish in us. Turn away from that. As dear as some of those qualities may be to us and as central as they may be to our psychological being, our ego, to let go of that self in order to turn toward those springs of water flowing in the desert, those ever-flowing, leaping forth, gracious springs of new life that are right there in our heart of hearts, in that presence of God within. Yes, there is judgment. There is a severe call to repentance, uncompromising. But it is a judgment not to be escaped, but one to be embraced for the health and the healing and the restoration and the liberation of our souls and for the healing of the world. And if there is any call for us today as followers of Jesus, to bring that healing, that restoration, that liberation into the world, into our homes, our places of work, our neighborhoods, our communities, to our nations so divided, to the world so hurting. If there is anything, any call for us to respond, by reaching out across all the things that divide us, to re-knit the fabric of humanity, to bring together the unity of humanity in, in Christ, in that loving divine presence in our midst. If we are to engage in that work at all, to make any motion to reach out to those who are different from us, those who have been divided from us by outward things, then we're going to need to present our credentials in that moment of reaching out. And they, the outward credentials won't do. It won't have to do with our education or our race or our social class or our religion or any other outward thing. In that moment, 
in which we seek to respond to God's call to be agents and ministers of reconciliation in this world, the only credential that will count will be that inner credential, that reality present in our heart of hearts, that divine love living in us, and that we so know it and abide in that love that we are able to show forth that divine love in the world. And the only way that happens is to enter in, in prayer into the life of our heart of hearts, to hear that call to repentance and to turn toward those fountains of renewed life, to live more and more from that welling spring of mercy and grace within us, to live from that for the healing of the world. Let us attend to our credentials. Amen. We believe in one God, Father the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen.